engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Brothers and sisters, pro-life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. Welcome to our time of prayer together and scripture reading. It is the Feast of the Lord's Baptism. It is the culmination today and conclusion of the Christmas season. It is a day to rejoice and to grow deeper in our discipleship. I want to uh, invite you as usual, leave your prayer intentions with us. And by the way, you can always go to our prayerintentions.org website uh, to give all kinds of prayer intentions any time of the year, as many as you want. Our team is praying for you every day. And uh, now let's go into his presence, go into his word, and rejoice in this very special feast day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, you were baptized in the Jordan to show your union with us, to show your mission to save us, to lift us up to your own divine life. Bless us in our journey of discipleship. May we be fruitful seed. May we be bear much fruit. May we be fruitful branches on the vine. Uh, may we be uh, clear witnesses to your truth in our world. Clear witnesses to the dignity of life. Bless us, Lord Jesus, as we conclude this Christmas season. May we rejoice all year long in your coming and eagerly await and proclaim your second coming at the end of time. We pray to you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am pleased, upon whom I have put my spirit. He shall bring forth justice to the nations not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench, until he establishes justice on the earth. The coastlands will wait for his teaching. I, the Lord, have called you for the victory of justice. I have grasped you by the hand. I formed you and set you as a covenant of the people a light for the nations, to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out prisoners from confinement, and from the dungeon those who live in darkness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, this is from Isaiah 42, which is the beginning of several servant songs. It's sections of Isaiah talking directly about Jesus, directly about the Messiah that God would send. Of course, he came himself. It was God himself in the flesh. And we learn the characteristics of Jesus' ministry and therefore the characteristics of the church, which is his body, and the ministry and mission of the church in the world. The reason this is read on the Feast of the Lord's Baptism is that as Jesus is baptized, John, his cousin, John the Baptist, is announcing to the world who he is. We say the words at every Mass, Behold the Lamb of God, 
who takes away the sins of the world. So John is announcing Jesus to the world. He's initiating his public ministry. And God, the Father, puts his seal of approval on him, right? He says, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And that echoes the words of this prophecy. My chosen one with whom I am pleased. Why is the Father pleased with Jesus? Well, because they're one. They're one God, two different persons. But one God, one will, one mind, one divinity... And the Father has sent the Son into the world, and the Son is perfectly obedient to the will of the Father. So in that sense, the Father is well pleased in His Son, and the Father is pleased to reveal His Son to us. So the baptism of Jesus is this initiation now of His public ministry, and this concludes the Christmas season, because now we are seeing fully who this child is that was born in the manger, and now we, we set the stage for following his public ministry and teachings as we have the readings and the liturgy and the different liturgical seasons throughout the course of the year. So the, um, this sets the stage. On this servant, Jesus, we have the mission to bring justice to the earth. Now this is at the core of the pro-life mission, isn't it? This is about justice. This is about and justice is a very rich term with very rich intersecting meanings. But we can think of it here as he's reestablishing the relationships that are supposed to exist between us and God and between us and one another. So pro-life is right there at the heart of that. What are we trying to do in the pro-life movement? We're trying to reestablish the right relationship that we have, we as a society, we as individuals, we as parents, the right relationship we're to have with the child in the womb, the right relationship with the law, the right relationship with a mother who's afraid of her pregnancy. What's the right relationship? What does the child deserve? Justice. This is justice. Setting relationships right. And it starts with that right relationship with God that can only come about when He comes to save us, as He has done in Christ, and when He teaches us at the heart of establishing justice for the unborn is the proper teaching about who the unborn child is in the first place. That's why the, this reading says the coastlands will wait for his teaching. Truth is at the core and the foundation of justice. And this justice comes with gentleness. He will not break the bruised reed or quench the smoldering wick. You see that this, this powerful Savior bringing justice to the whole world is not going to be a violent Savior. He's not going to be a harsh Savior. He's going to be gentle. And as other prophecies tell us, you know, leading the, the ewes with care, uh, leading uh, uh, with care the young uh, of his flock. I, the Lord, have called you for the victory of justice. Now, who is the you? I have called you, my servant, Jesus, my son. I have called you, his body, the church. When we read this word you, we're to hear us included. I have called you, the body of Christ, head and members united for the victory of justice, for the proclamation of truth, for the establishment of right relationships, for the protection of the unborn. I have called you for the victory of justice 
And then he goes on to, put, uh, uh, to say a few phrases here that actually define the church. In fact, he says here, a light for the nations. In Latin, that's Lumen Gentium. And that is the title of one of the key documents of the Second Vatican Council, the document in which the Council explained the Church's understanding of herself. What is the Church? Who is the Church? What is the mission of the Church? Lumen Gentium, a light to the nations. The nations walk in darkness when they approve such things as abortion, when they tolerate injustice, when they squelch the freedom of their people, nations are walking in darkness. We're walking under the dark shadow of death. The light that the church is meant to bring to the nations is the proclamation of the gospel of life, the opening up of the treasure stores of, of redemption, and grace and salvation and forgiveness, and the teaching that enables us to be holy, that unites us to God. This does what? It opens the eyes of the blind. Those who don't know God. Those who really don't know. Even though the human mind is capable, as Paul explains to the Romans in chapter 1, of, a, of, a, of attaining an understanding of basic right and wrong, because the law is written on our hearts, it's written when God creates us, even before He speaks His word of revelation to us, we have a basic grasp of morality, especially something as basic as you don't kill a baby. But nevertheless, we've been blinded by sin. So we need that additional revelation, we need that additional help that comes from faith, that comes from the light of Jesus Christ, His gospel, and His church. A light to the nations, lumen gentium. To do what? Open the eyes of the blind. Help people to see the sanctity of life. To bring out prisoners from confinement. Jesus said this, didn't he, quoting another section of Isaiah 61, when in Luke 4 he gives his first sermon. He says, this is why I've come, to set the prisoners free. Who's more deprived of freedom than the unborn? Who? Who's more deprived of freedom than they are? They can't speak, they don't even know that they're in danger. They're the weakest of the weak. To bring out prisoners from confinement. To declare to the powerful that there is a right that these children have, no matter how small and defenseless they are, and that you, no matter how powerful you are, have to respect that right. This is part of the gospel. This is part of the mission of the church. This is why Christmas happened. That's the beautiful culmination of this season with this feast of the Lord's baptism is that God puts his exclamation point on why the child was born. Because the church is to be born. Why the child was born. Because justice is to be proclaimed to the nations. Why the child was born. Because too many people walk in darkness. And they need the light of his teaching. Why the child was born? Because prisoners need to be brought out of their confinement. And freedom needs to be granted to the unborn and to the born, to those in the slavery of sin, to those under the shadow of death. Freedom. This is Christmas.
This is the message of and mission of His chosen one. This is the mission of all of us, the body of Christ. Jesus is not baptized because He has sins that need to be washed away. That's the case with us. But His baptism is the inauguration of His mission and the declaration that He is at one with us sinners. That He grasps us by the hand, that He jumps into our world, that He takes upon Himself our human nature, so that just as He rises up out of that water and the Father's voice is heard and the Spirit descends and, he, and the, the voice says, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased, so when you and I rise up from the waters of our own baptism, the Father might say to us, You are my adopted child. You are my adopted son, daughter. You are mine. You now live a new life in Christ. That's Christmas. And that brings us to the beautiful conclusion of this marvelous season. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we know our mission. We know how the sanctity of life fits into that mission. We know that you have come to establish justice and we know what that means. That we know what that means for the unborn, Lord God. That is our special focus. And we thank you for making us a light to the nations. May we do so by our proclamation of your teachings. May we do so by a witness of a holy life. May we do so by unremitting service to born and unborn alike. Lord, we come before you on this feast day with hearts eager to bring you our petitions. We pray for one another. We lift up all the petitions that have been shared with us and those that remain in our hearts. Answer our prayers. Look graciously upon our needs. Continue to show us your love as you give us what we need and what we ask. And we ask all things through Christ our Lord and in the words he gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. It is a delight to be with you, friends. It is a joy. Have a wonderful day. Bring others into our scripture reflections each day, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Well, hello friends, pro-life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life, and we are here at our headquarters with our correspondence associate and our coordinator for public outreach, Mary Stein. Many of you may have been in touch with her as you send us your comments and questions. Mary, thank you for being here. Yes. 
good to be here. You're still enjoying doing this service for people here at Priest for Life and answering all their pro-life questions? Yes, it's very nice. <laughs> so we have, tell us how we serve our, our audience when they have a question about abortion or the pro-life movement or how they can get more involved. Yes, so if you go to ProLifeQuestions.com, um, you can submit your questions there, um, and I'll be, you know, answering them for you. And also, it might not just be, you know, a simple question. It may be, you know, having more of a conversation with me, um, especially if you want to get involved. You know, we might talk about, you know, what your vocation in life right now is. You know, if you're a mother or, you know, if you're a full-time worker, it's going to look different for everyone. Um, so, mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of information we have at Preach for Life. You help people to find it. Even those who navigate our website, there's so much there mm -hmm. that sometimes a little email to you or a question on that page will help them get to the resource more quickly. Yes. And uh, we can also recommend, based on what they're asking or what they're trying to do, uh, what the best resources are. Books, brochures, you're always sending them out. Videos, you're pointing them to. Training videos, a lot of material. So thanks for navigating all that and helping people find it quickly and uh, continue the good work. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so friends, again, ProLifeQuestions.com. Go there with any and all of your questions. We also like to hear your stories about your pro-life efforts and successes or any obstacles you might face. Let us know and we'll help you to navigate that as well. God bless you. Thank you, Mary. Yes, thank and you. And thank you, all brothers and sisters. God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.